Taiwan has found more new cases of the Omicron COVID variant among recent arrivals, taking the grand total to 27. So far, all the cases have been detected at the airport or during quarantine. With Omicron cases on the rise, an infectious disease expert says booster shots will be key to Taiwan's defense. This week, we have detected 23 cases of Omicron. The cumulative number of cases detected domestically is now 27. In just two short weeks, Taiwan has confirmed 27 cases of the Omicron COVID variant among arrivals from eight countries. All 27 were breakthrough infections, and 13 of them were asymptomatic. Right now, everyone is very concerned about Omicron, but soon it will become the main variant. It's likely that in the future, every imported case will involve a mutant strain like this. People who previously received the Moderna vaccine 14 days after completing the second dose, they will have some viral protection, whether against the Wuhan strain, the beta variant, or the Omicron variant. There will be some level of neutralizing antibodies, but over time, the neutralizing antibody titer will gradually decrease. If an additional dose is administered, that is to say a half dose of Moderna, it can be seen that after two weeks, the neutralizing antibody titer will greatly improve compared to the level before the booster dose. This includes a greater ability to neutralize the Omicron variant. This same thing can be seen in the blood serum of people who have been vaccinated with Pfizer. It is strongly recommended that eligible people, that is, people who have been vaccinated for five months, go get a third COVID-19 vaccine dose. Infectious diseases expert Children Xun says boosters are strongly recommended as two vaccine doses don't provide enough protection. Data suggests three doses are needed to counter the Omicron threat. Taiwan opened up the full range of vaccine mixing options on Friday. People can now receive a first, second and third dose of any COVID vaccine brand approved for the use in the country. On Friday, one vaccine clinic prepared supplies of Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca and Medigen. But demand for the vaccines was lower than expected. Let's hear from a doctor. After a vaccine vial is open, it's good only for six hours. If you aren't able to finish it, you'll have to throw it out. So we do hope that people will call up our clinic first to make an appointment. If you draw doses from multi-dose vials, it can be hard to tell which brands they are. So we limit every vaccination session to just one brand. That reduces the likelihood of mistakes. It's true that interest in getting vaccinated is waning. The people who want to get vaccinated probably have already done so. As for people who want to get boosters, those who want to get third doses, some of them aren't due to get them yet. Some people are concerned about side effects. So now we're seeing everybody just waiting on the sidelines. Of course, if the vaccines are not used up, they will be wasted. The storage period of Moderna has been slightly extended by about 9 to 12 hours. But because we're having to do these sporadic vaccinations, because there are relatively few people getting vaccinated, waste may be inevitable. If we were to eliminate waste entirely, the efficiency of our vaccination program would become extremely low. 
To get more people vaccinated faster, the CECC is advising clinics to vaccinate small groups of people, even if doing so will lead to vaccine waste. The ruling parties of Taiwan and Japan convened their second two-plus-two talks virtually Friday morning. As widely expected, the two sides discussed the lifting of Taiwan's import ban on foods from five Japanese prefectures, a ban that's been in place since the 2011 Fukushima Daiichi nuclear disaster. Japan's Liberal Democratic Party lawmakers said the import ban was a priority issue for Japan's central and local governments, as well as its parliament and business communities. Taiwan's DPP lawmakers responded that the import issue was important to Taiwan as well and that Taiwan would handle it in accordance with international standards. At a public appearance on Friday, President Tsai Ing-wen declined to comment when asked if Taiwan intended to lift its ban on select Japanese food imports. But not long afterward, at the Taiwan-Japan 2 plus 2 talks, the two sides delved into the issue of Taiwan's import ban. They believe that their local governments, industry representatives, parliament and the executive branch all view this issue as very important. Our response was that we also view it as very important. We will face this problem and appropriately apply scientific methods and international standards to the handling of imports from the five Japanese prefectures to Taiwan. This was the second Taiwan-Japan 2 plus 2 summit following the first held in August. The virtual meeting was between the ruling parties of the two sides. The Liberal Democratic Party was represented by lawmaker Sato Masahisa, chief of the party's foreign affairs division and parliamentary vice minister of economy, trade and industry of Japan, Ishikawa Akimasa. The DPP was represented by legislator Luo Zhijun, who also directs the party's international department. The second representative was legislator Chou Zhiwei, a member of the legislature's economics committee. Days earlier, Sato said on social media that the meeting would address Taiwan's import ban on select Japanese food products. Our two sides did not discuss a timetable for opening up borders to the imports. Both Taiwan and Japan agreed that this was a food safety issue and that science should be at the center of our discussions. The summit on economic and diplomatic issues was scheduled to last an hour, but it ran 40 minutes into overtime due to positive engagement. Even at the start, the atmosphere was light and convivial as Japan lawmakers displayed Taiwanese fruit before the video camera. House of Councillors lawmaker Sato brought out a sugar apple from Taiwan to express his support for Taiwanese agriculture. House of Representatives lawmaker Ishikawa Akimasa brought out a Taiwanese Ponkan mandarin, and he put it on display on the spot to convey his support for Taiwanese agriculture. At a time when we're facing a boycott by the Chinese economy, Sato specifically mentioned that ahead of the Japan elections, the LDP, which is seeking to remain in power, has stated clearly in its election manifesto that it welcomes Taiwan to join the CPTPP. But with regard to China joining, the LDP has not written a single word. Friday's talks were between two political parties and carried no state authority. Even so, closer ties between the two countries' ruling parties are seen as beneficial to state-to-state -state communication. During the summit, the two sides agreed to convene two-plus-two talks on a routine basis in the future. 
New research is highlighting the link between a healthy gut and protection against COVID-19. Experts have found that mice given probiotics had greater resistance to COVID infection in lab experiments. Animal subjects also developed less severe symptoms if infected. To improve your bacteria ecosystem, try probiotics and ensure a diet rich in fresh fruits and vegetables. In a pandemic, masks and vaccination can help block infection. What can also help is boosting the immune system, particularly the part of the immune system that's in the intestinal tract. During a December seminar, experts explored recent studies on lactobacillus and other probiotics. A lot of them are doing experiments on mice. It's been shown that in an environment with COVID-19, in such an environment, if probiotics are applied as a precaution, then the infection rate will be obviously reduced. And in the case of infection, the likelihood of severe illness will be obviously reduced. Animal studies have been done abroad on the gut microbiota. In a study published in the British Medical Journal, significant differences were found in the fecal microbiota of infected and non-infected subjects. A connection was also found between long COVID symptoms, such as fatigue and weakness, and the microbiota of the gut. When the gut microbiota is good, that is, when it's supported by probiotics that improve our intestinal microbiota, then our intestines, then our intestines are in good shape, and the whole body's immune system is good. When that's the case, when the body's immune regulation is good, your ability to fight the virus is greater. 70% of the immune system is located in the gut. Bacteria in the intestines support immune function by secreting metabolites and regulating hormones. To maintain the delicate balance of gut bacteria, experts recommend supplementing with probiotics and eating a diet balanced with fruits and vegetables. With the pandemic raging on, maintaining your gut health can play a role in protecting against the virus. A long-lost sculpture called Water of Immortality by late sculptor Huang Tushui is on display at an exhibition at the Museum of National Taipei University of Education. The exhibition Lumiere, the Enlightenment and Self-Awakening of Taiwanese Culture is showcasing Huang's sculpture and paintings and writing by 20 Taiwanese artists and intellectuals from the Japanese colonial period. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. Taiwan's first nude statue, Water of Immortality, was created by sculptor Huang Tushui in 1919. Born in 1895, Huang was an iconic sculptor who became the first Taiwanese artist to participate in the prestigious Imperial Art Exhibition in Japan. Sculpture was collected by Taiwan Education Association Building in 1931 and displayed in an exhibition. However, it was later abandoned at Taizong Railway Station in 1958. Ling Man Li, the curator of the exhibition, who discovered Huang's sculpture earlier this year, expressed her excitement. The process of finding it was very complicated. When the sculpture was sent to Taichung, it was actually abandoned outside the Taichung railway station. At that time, due to the historical background, and also perhaps because the ruling authority and general public did not really cherish that part of culture, the sculpture was discarded like garbage and thrown on the roadside. I waited for 50 years. 
This year, in 2021, I did a lot of hard work, and now, unexpectedly, water of immortality can be shown to everyone once again. A 1.57 meter tall sculpture has been restored and is on display at the Museum of National Taipei University of Education. The statue is modeled after the classic image of the birth of Venus, portraying a young woman standing upright and holding a large shell. It just happened to be at such a good timing this year, so that the sculpture can be exhibited at such a good exhibition. I did not expect it to happen. It is a miracle to be able to see this—a wish come true. This exhibition can pave the context of an entire generation, so that the meaning and value of water of immortality can be better understood by everyone. Aside from Huang's sculpture, the exhibition Lumiere, the Enlightenment and Self-Awakening of Taiwanese Culture, is exhibiting artworks and writing by more than 20 Taiwanese artists and intellectuals from the Japanese colonial period. The exhibition will take place until April 24th. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Zhongshuhui in Taipei. On Thursday evening, many in Tainan witnessed a mysterious bright white spot flying across the night sky. Many thought it was a spaceship or even a UFO. Military experts believe that this was an LM7 rocket launched from China's Hainan province. Although the launch did not have a direct impact on Taiwan, it was yet another testament to China's growing military might. A bright white spot slowly travels across the dark night sky, leaving a trail of smoke from the exhaust flame. The object did not appear at all like a commercial plane. I thought it was a drone or a spaceship. It passed by so quickly. I didn't give it much thought at first, but later thought it was strange and scary. At around 6 p.m. on Thursday, many in Tainan witnessed the peculiar flying object in the night sky. Responding to inquiries, officials at both the Defense Ministry and the National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology said they had not been running any exercises at that time. One military expert said the object was China's LM7 rocket launched from Hainan. It's probably the LM7 carrier rocket launched from China. The launch distance from Tainan is 380 kilometers, and it reached 100 kilometers above the Karman line. It could definitely have been observed with the naked eye from Tainan's Xigang district. First successfully launched in 2016, the LM7 is one of China's flagship rockets. It's mainly used as a carrier vehicle for high Earth orbit satellites. A notable flight in its history was in 2017, when it was used to launch the Tianzhou-1 cargo spacecraft. On the evening of December 23rd, China launched two Earth observation satellites into space with LM7 from the Wenchuan Space Launch Site in Hainan Province. Some pilots in China were also able to take pictures of the rocket's trails from the skies above Guangzhou. The indirect impact on Taiwan would be that it's a tool for launching ISR satellites. Our Pave Pause Early Warning Radar at the Lushan Radar Station was originally set up to detect ballistic missiles. The development of China's man-made satellites means the country possesses the capability to launch ballistic missiles of different ranges and launch missile attacks. Taiwan's early warning radar can certainly detect these activities. 
Military experts said that for Taiwan, China's rocket launch was not a major cause for concern. Even so, with China's military prowess growing, Taiwan must continue to ramp up its defense capabilities, they said. Taiwan's largest maker of household paper products says it will soon raise prices on toilet paper. YFY Incorporated, which has a 34% market share, says the price hike will go into effect after the Lunar New Year. It will adjust the cost of interfold bathroom tissue by 8%, which means you'll pay about 10 NT more for every bulk pack. It will also raise the price of pocket packs by 20%. The paper maker says its profit margins have been squeezed this year by the rising cost of raw materials, packaging, and shipping. With the cost of so many consumer goods soaring, toilet paper can't hold out any longer. Take this commonly seen pack of interfolded toilet tissue. After the Lunar New Year next year, the cost of this will go up by 10 NT. YFY Incorporated is Taiwan's largest household paper producer by market share. Amid soaring inflation, it plans to bump up the price of its interfolded toilet tissue. Prices will also go up by about 11 percent for non-folded toilet tissue sheets. Tissue pocket packs will go up by as much as 20 percent. Pulp packaging and energy account for the greatest proportion of our raw materials. Their costs have risen by at least 40 percent year-on-year, in some cases nearly doubling. Appropriate price adjustments will be made after the Lunar New Year. These are the prices of North American long fiber pulp over the past five years. This year, the price reached 926 U.S. dollars per metric ton, exceeding the level in 2018. It's also a jump of more than 44 percent compared to the year before. On top of that, the cost of energy and transportation has risen by some 70 percent. Packaging materials like cartons and polyethylene film have also gone up by about 50 percent. Our profit margin is being squeezed. Of course, if we're able to raise prices, we'd be able to pass on some of the extra cost. Of course, that would be a good thing for us. The price of toilet paper is going up. Well, just buy it now. Buy it now and store it. You still need to buy basic goods. You still need to buy toilet paper. So far, Kimberly Clark, Unilever and P&G Taiwan have already raised their toilet tissue prices. Now, with YFY Incorporated following suit, supermarkets could be in for a fresh wave of pandemic. Buying. Taiwan has named its top athletes of the year. At the Education Ministry's Sports Elite Awards Ceremony, the title of Best Female Athlete went to weightlifter Guo Xingchun, who won gold at this year's Tokyo Olympics and World Weightlifting Championships. This is the fourth time she's been named Taiwan's top female athlete. The distinction of best male athlete went to judo sensation Yang Yongwei, who won Taiwan's first Olympic medal for the sport this year. Let's hear from him. I will continue to spread the spirit of judo and help more people believe in themselves and have the chance to stand on the international stage. Dreams are not just dreams, but visions that can be achieved. This sportsmanship award belongs to all participants of the Tokyo Olympics. Their efforts behind the scenes, their decades of competing, and my own personal experiences have a great many lessons to offer people. So this sportsmanship award, I think, should really be dedicated to every single athlete and every single coach. 
Golfer C.T. Pan won the year's Best Sportsmanship Award. He too has had a remarkable year. At the Tokyo Olympics, Pan battled his way to bronze in an epic seven-way playoff. As for badminton stars Li Yang and Wang Qiling, who won gold in Tokyo, they took home the Best Sports Team Award. Their coach, Chen Hongling, was named the Best Coach of the Year. Efforts to restore the critically endangered Taiwanese salmon are bearing fruit. Conservationists are delighted that the population of the national fish is now at a record high, over 12,000. Now you can watch the comings and goings of the fish and learn about their daily life through a video live stream produced by Xueba National Park. Cameras installed in the river allow the public to watch the fish through every stage of their lives. The Taiwanese salmon is a national treasure. It hatches in the water and gradually grows bigger, finally becoming sturdy enough to swim in shoals through the rivers, hunting for food. Here at Xueba National Park, conservationists celebrate this project as one of their proudest. You can watch the salmon cam on your own phone by scanning the QR code. They're so fat, we can watch it on our phone. You can't see them with a the naked eye, but using the QR code, you can see what's actually going on. The best place to admire the Taiwanese salmon up close is at Qijiawan River in Wuling Farm. Wooden platforms are there for visitors, but many come a long way to see the fish, only to be thwarted by the elements. Chieba National Park rangers in full diving gear go into the river to set up film cameras. They want to record changes on the riverbed and observe the comings and goings of the salmon. As a side effect, we get this great footage of the critically endangered fish in their native habitat. The fish turns into the flow of the river and then swims upstream. So we angle the camera to film from upstream into the middle of the stream. Efforts to restore the Taiwanese salmon are working. Last year, the population reached more than 12,000, a new record. There is salmon at Qijiawan right now, and conservationists are searching for another site for the fish in rivers on Hehuanshan at an altitude of 2,620 meters above sea level. Taiwan's annual Winter Travel Fair is underway. The four-day International Winter Travel Exhibition opened on Friday at the Taipei World Trade Center. Big crowds packed the showground to get in on the last major deals of the year. Travel agencies are offering steep discounts on tour packages, taking aim at Lunar New Year holiday makers. There are also restaurant vouchers available at up to 30% off and hotel vouchers at up to 70% off.